You are listening to the Bellator Christi podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host for our time together, yours truly, Brian Chilton. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us on the podcast, and we want to remind you that the Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com, and uh, we want to encourage you to go to the website. And uh, once again, that's bellatorchristi.com. That's B-E-L-L-A-T-O-R, Christ with an I, dot com. It's Latin for Warrior of Christ. Uh, by going to the website and clicking subscribe, uh, you'll be able to receive all of the articles and links to the podcast as they become available in your inbox absolutely free. And you can also take uh, Bellator Christie with you on the go as we are available on uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play. So take advantage of that. Subscribe to the podcasts. Uh, you'll receive the podcast there and you'll be able to take us, as we mentioned, uh, wherever you may go. I actually, uh, in addition to many other podcasts, I do uh, myself uh, take uh, the Bellator Christie podcast with me so I can go back and listen to some of the previous interviews that I've conducted, and uh, and and I've gotten a lot out of it. I want to thank again Dr. Adam Harwood, who was with us last week, for a wonderful conversation on traditional Baptist theology. In fact, I, uh, I had a difficult time finding his re- resources because he, he dealt with an issue on uh, asking the question, is the traditional statement semi-Pelagian? And this is, a uh, unfortunately, a charge that was levied against uh, the traditional Baptist statement, and uh, m- many uh, more Calvinist-inclined individuals levied that uh, uh, attack towards those who uh, adhere to the traditional statement. And I, th- I do think it was uh, 
mis, mis, misconstrued, misconceived. I think it was erroneous in doing so. Uh, and so in the journal of uh, uh, the, the JBTM, I think it's the Journal Baptist Theological... Let me, let me look this up real quickly. Um, uh, excuse me, I, I mis, 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 uh, I, I misquoted that. That's from the Journal for Baptist Theology and Ministry, uh, the Spring 2013 edition, Volume 10, Number 1. On page, I think it's page 49 of the journal, he has a, uh, a wonderful presentation where he defends the the traditional statement against these charges in an article entitled is the traditional statement semi-pelagian and uh, he does a wonderful job he goes back and defines what semi-pelagianism is and this is something i think that is very important for us as we discuss theology too often we misquote semi-Pelagianism. So, so many times we misunderstand what semi-Pelagianism is and the error found in semi-Pelagianism. Uh, as he notes, uh, that the, the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology explains that the term semi-Pelagian first appeared in 1577 to describe the 5th century view which rejected Pelagian theology and respected Augustine, but rejected some of the implications of his views. Semi-Pelagians affirmed that the unaided will performed the initial act of faith, and that is the most important thing to see. Now, any... Hardcore traditional Orthodox Christian would say that's not the case. Now, Pelagianism, basically, the error found in, in Pelagianism, of course, coming from Pelagius, who whom uh, Augustine uh, confronted over this issue uh, during what was it? I think the fourth, fourth, uh, fifth century, somewhere along there. Um, the issue at hand, or I think it was the fourth century. The issue at hand was that Pelagian, Pelagius said that you could save yourself, that you didn't need God's intervention to be saved. Of course, that is problematic, and that is not uh, that does not cohere with Orthodox Christianity. Semi-Pelagianism doesn't have so much to do with the freedom of the will. Semi-Pelagianism was a watered-down Pelagianism that would say that uh, God aids a person's salvation, but the first act still comes from the person. That is where the error is found. In semi-Pelagianism, uh, it, it doesn't have so much to do. The error is not so much found in the response of an individual to the grace of God being afforded to that person. Rather, it is the um, it is it is the 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 idea that one can save themselves, that one initiates the process to salvation. Uh, where you know in in um, it, it said here. And the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology says that semi-Pelagianism affirmed that the unaided will performed the initial act of faith. Again, that is not what uh, traditional Baptists believe. That's not what Molinists believe. Uh, and, and so far as I can tell, any Orthodox Christian, I don't believe, holds that a person initiates salvation. Rather, a person responds to the grace of God freely afforded to them. And so I think we have misconstrued, misunderstood 
semi-Pelagianism and, and Pelagianism and misunderstood the errors found in that. So I don't think that it has so much to do with the discussion involving a person's response to the Holy Spirit. I think it has more to do with a person thinking that a person, that an individual can save oneself rather than having that initiation brought forth by God. And then, uh, so the response aspect, you could even look back at uh, Augustine's works and see that there is some degree that he holds to uh, the freedom of the will. So, you know, the will to respond, I mean, you look at his confessions and you see that. So, again, I think we do ourselves a disservice. We misunderstand the issues when we don't uh, really... Um, but when we when we use the Pelagianism card to um, confront theologies that we don't of which to which we don't agree, so I think that is very problematic, and I think we have to be careful throwing out the heresy card. Anyhow, that's a good way of getting emotional hostilities to increase and intellectual discussions to decrease. So we have to be very careful with that. We're going to bring on with us here in just a few moments a, a great man of God. Uh, this We're talking about Mike Burnett. He is the owner and uh, radio personality of Moondog Radio. If you've been on social media in the apologetics world, you've probably seen his advertisements for Moondog Radio. Uh, we're going to talk to him about Moondog Radio and uh, the importance of the Christian's involvement in popular society in the media. Uh, Mike Burnett, uh, he is a uh, also a, uh, an American Forces radio broadcaster uh, of the United States Air Force. Uh, he's, he's, he was doing that from 86 to 2012. Uh, he received his Master of Arts in Public Administration from Bowie State University in Bowie, Maryland. Uh, he is also a fellow Liberty grad as he received his uh, Bachelor of Science degree in telecommunications in 1990. And and so uh, we're, we're, we're going to welcome with us here in just a few moments Mike Burnett after this brief commercial break. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. When I first wrote Evidence That Demands a Verdict, truth wasn't so much an issue as what is truth, can you know truth, but now it is. Some of the issues are different because of the internet like the claim that Jesus doesn't even exist. Are there other gospels that should have been in the Bible? Is Christianity just a copycat religion? So when we updated this, because I hear it from students so often, I thought we have to have the single best chapter that responds to this claim, and I think we do. We had to rewrite evidence demands a verdict because there's so much new evidence out there. It's like one Greek scholar said, the evidence now for the scriptures is like a tsunami, an avalanche that is hitting. And we want you to be aware of that. We want every young person, every student, every pastor, every professor to be aware of the new evidence out there. To understand not just what they believe, but why they believe it. Evidence that demands a verdict. On sale everywhere, October 3rd, 2017. Go to hashtag true evidence. Life. Liberty. And the pursuit of happiness. 
Our great nation was built on these simple principles. So was our university. Find your greatness at Liberty. Online or on campus, discover more at liberty.edu. It's the difference between a job and a career. Hi, Greg Kokel here for Stand to Reason. And at SCR, we have always cared about Christianity worth thinking about. And when I found out that the SES conference this year was about pursuing a faith that thinks, I realized that if you go to this conference, you're not only going to have the information you need to deal with people who challenge your convictions, you're going to have the information that will help you deal with the toughest critic you'll ever face, and that's you. That's why I hope to see you there at the SES conference, October 13th and 14th in Charlotte, pursuing a faith that thinks. Register now for the National Conference on Christian Apologetics by going to conference.ses.edu. Early bird pricing ends August 1st, so be sure to go and register now. Once again, that's conference.ses.edu. The National Conference on Christian Apologetics 2017, October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, pursuing a faith that thinks. And we welcome you back to the Bellator Christie Podcast. Uh, it is a privilege and honor to have with us uh, Mike Burnett, of uh, owner and radio personality of Moondog Radio. Mike, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. Hey, my pleasure, Brian. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, as we ask uh, all of our first-time guests, uh, if you would, sir, please tell us about how you came to faith. Uh, you first came to faith in Christ. Well, uh, Brian, I pretty much uh, was born into this world a uh, hillbilly down in the southwestern part of Virginia where you're stamped on the forehead with Christian at birth. <laughs> and I uh, grew up in Christian community, heard of God, heard of Jesus my whole life. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, of course, about being stamped on the forehead. But as a 10-year-old, I heard the gospel, and I believed it. You know, it was, it was amazing to me that God became a man, he gave his life, and then he rose from the grave. You can imagine hearing that as a kid, but uh, I did, uh, I believed it, and uh, and I didn't stay there at that, at that point of uh, uh, belief as a child. I, I went on to Liberty University, I studied telecommunications, I got to hear Francis Schaefer quite a few times back in the early 80s. Wow. Um, sat in uh, Gary Habermas's philosophy class and um, was um, a big uh, reader, follower, and was um, guided a lot by the teachings of Jerry Falwell Sr. Had a huge impact on my education and my apologetics. 
you know, I never had a chance to meet Dr. Falwell uh, Sr. myself, but uh, during my graduation from a master's program up at uh, Liberty just a couple years ago, I had a chance to meet a fellow who uh, who knew Dr. Falwell and said nothing but good, positive things, said, said what a caring, loving individual he was. And um, and and the vision he had for Liberty University is is has come to fruition. And you know, of course, uh, one of the things I always heard he wanted to see happen was for them to go play FBS football so they could be competition mm-hmm. to Notre Dame. And and from what I'm hearing, that's 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 become a reality too. Well, Doctor Falwell had a heart as big as all outdoors, and every student there knew it. And he would walk around and shake everybody's hands, put their arms around them, and hug them and help them and pray for them. And, and you're right, you know, we're transitioning into FBS right now. And if uh, you've been keeping up with football, you know that we beat Baylor last weekend, 48 to 45. The uh, quarterback for Liberty University, Calvert, threw 447 yards. Is unbelievable. Amazing, amazing game. <laughs> I think his middle name, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, is Buckshot, from what I understood. Buckshot, that's right. Yeah. Hey, that's a good hillbilly name. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, we, we talk about, you know, you're the owner and radio personality of Moondog Radio. Um, and as we talk about, and we do want to talk about your, your uh, radio station and what you do, uh, but before we do that, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the importance that Christians have to play an active role in music and film. Uh, some people have have taken on, unfortunately, the idea that uh, that uh, we just are should be excluded from the world. But but why do you think it's important for us to be actively involved in media in the areas of music, film, and and so on? Well, you know, early on uh, as a teenager, when I used to listen to Francis Schaeffer speak, he, uh, he 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 would say things like, you know. You know, students, there's not a Christian world and a secular world, but just one world that God made. And it's not like there's, there's two pies and there's a Christian part of the pie and there's a secular part of the pie. It's, it's either it's good and it's true and it's of God, or it's not. And so everything that is good and true and of God, I think we need to be involved in. Those are creative expressions, whether it's music or art or poetry or whatever it is. Those are just creative expressions from creative beings and some of the most effective ways, I think, that we can communicate uh, who we are in God and the gospel to others. Not to mention that I think that we should be capable leaders. I think that's what the Bible means when it talks about us being salt and light. Amen. Amen. What, what impact do you think, and this is kind of a little different from what initially brought forth you know there there are a lot of christian films today and i know there's there's some who have uh, who, who are critical over certain issues of the christian films but to me it seems like the, the movie industry is very important to get the message out there well, what are your thoughts about christian films and and uh, that genre well you know like i was saying i i am hard pressed to say Christian film, Christian music, but, you know, using Christian as an adjective, I think that we need to be that salt and light. We need to be a part of everything that is there. And, you know, as a consumer, I look at it and I think that's either good or it's not good. It's a broadcast industry standard. It's something I want to watch. Entertaining. It's informative. It's educational. You know, I think sometimes um, in the Christian media or in, in Christian mediums, 
so to speak, um, maybe we try too hard, right? right? We just need to really embrace who we are in Christ. Lordship means uh, allowing God to work in every aspect of our lives. And that's what we want to do, whether we're laying bricks, building a house, working at Home Depot, or uh, writing a song, or producing a movie. Do it the best that we can for God, and then it's, it's going to be what uh, He has in mind for us. Amen. Amen. Um, what role do you think social media plays? Now, we, we obviously... Uh, you know, a, a lot of the way this website, this podcast uses to advertise the the podcast, the articles, and things of that nature is through social media. And I know you use social media quite a bit too to to get the word out. Uh, what role do you think social media plays in even in modern evangelism? Well, Brian, if you and I were having this conversation back in the 15th century, you'd be asking me, "So, Moon Dog, uh, what role do you think the Gutenberg printing press is having on the effect of?" <laughs> getting the gospel out. It's, uh, <laughs> right. it's, it's huge. Point. It can't be overstated how big social media is and uh, because it's, it's how the masses communicate. It's as big as the Pony Express, uh, the telegraph, radio and television. As a matter of fact, social media is taking precedence over radio and television for the most part and of course it's all being integrated. But if you dismiss social media as a dangerous fad, then I think you're kind of like the guy who laughed at the Model T, mm. who, had, who had a bunch of horses. And I, I hate to say it this way, but if you don't adapt, I really believe you're going to quickly become antiquated and, uh, and irrelevant in what it is. Maybe not in what you have to say, but how it's received and how you get it out. Absolutely. In fact, I remember at graduation, Dr. Heinsohn said something that just has, has really resonated with me. Uh, he was talking about how we have the opportunity in today's time to reach more people uh, with with the media, with the internet, and with the, um, the the mediums available to us than even the Apostle Paul had. Uh, so it's very well possible that any of us could reach a, a massive number of people using these different forms of medium uh, or media that's available to us today. So very, very well said. Right. Could you imagine if Paul could have taken uh, some pictures on his iPhone in prison and tag people up around the churches around <laughs> Europe and Asia. That would have been amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> well, in that regard, what are some areas that you believe are maybe underutilized by modern Christians? Well, maybe not underutilized. I think most Christians have embraced the media. And uh, I think the problem is, to some degree, is that we haven't fully understood the collective power that we have at the church. Things like you and I are doing right now after this interview. We, we need to do a better job of consolidating our efforts and uh, cooperating, collaborating with each other. So um, you look out around the, the, the Christian the community, the churches now, it, it's so splintered, so to speak, with thousands of organizations uh, trying to raise funds, keep their organizations afloat, trying to get the word out when um, we could work, to, I think that's an area where we can all work together better. And that, that's why on Moondog Radio, I work with a lot of artists. I work with more than 300 artists, uh, a few dozen theologians and apologists. I chat with guys like you. And uh, that's why I'd like listeners and sponsors to support an organization like mine that's trying to corral the folks that are trying to communicate 
the gospel and uh, and uh, help pastors and teachers and theologians and apologists uh, communicate better. Does that make sense? Abs- absolutely. It sure does. Absolutely. Well, um, going back to our role in, in, in music and film, I mean, and, and you, I think you may have even mentioned this, you know, to have good products. What are some What are some ways that you think that we can uh, better utilize the mediums? Do Do we need to? I know you mentioned something. Maybe even take the Christian quote unquote tag off and just you know maybe make some better you know movies. I mean, what What are some ways that you see that we can better utilize the things that are available to us? to evangelize and to uh, minister to the world? Well, first and foremost, use the gifts that God gave you. If he called you to be a preacher, go preach. If he called you to be in uh, telecommunications, go do that. Write a book, go write a book. You know, when I had uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis read to me when I was in the sixth grade, and the teacher did not say, hey guys, I'm going to read this Christian book to you by C.S. Lewis. And... You know, I, of course, I didn't understand ever all the messaging that was done in the book. I still don't understand all of it, <laughs> but it kept me spellbound. It's been one of those books that has just been time tested, and that people spent so much time talking about and studying. So I would encourage people, you know, write that song that's on your heart, write a poem, or a play about life, uh, about one part of God's amazing creation. Um, Sure, sure. You know, you the gospel is important. We're commanded to to uh, take the gospel to the world. But there's nothing wrong with uh, writing a poem about butterflies, mountains, rivers, and love. It's, the, the truth is, it's all on the table for Christians. Take a photo. You know, be the next person, Brian, to sculpt the 21st century David. Absolutely. Can you imagine? Just use your imagination, because the truth is, and I tell my son, son this, it's like, there is... He's a writer, and I say there is just truly no one else with your experiences. There's no one like you in this world. So do what it is that God has asked you to do. Amen. You know, I was just finished a book not long ago called Faith and Learning, uh, edited by David Dockery, and it has several different chapters written by several different people in, in several different genres. And, and the point of it was talking about how the Christian can engage in science and, and, and in art, music, and in several different things. And, and I think what you said really resonates with what he w- with what they were saying in the book as well, that we all have different gifts and abilities, and we need to really utilize the gifts that we have. Um, you know, I'm kind of a strange character. I really enjoy the Twilight Zone series back in the 60s, and I think one of the things that always stuck with me was the twist at the end of the story. You know, so... Right, absolutely. My son, my son is 29 years old, and he writes psychological thrillers. Wow. Uh, he intertwines a Christian message in it. Right, so it's not it's not so much in your face, but it's there, and it doesn't need need to be in your face. It just needs to be a natural, normal part of what it is that you're doing. It kind of goes back to what Greg Kokel has said before: leaving that stone in someone's shoe, and and right. you know that is such a great point. You know, and and you leave that message, let it linger with them. You know, and and then that may grow and grow uh, from that point forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, tell us a little bit about Moondog Radio. Maybe there are some individuals who've never heard of Moondog Radio. Uh, what what exactly is Moondog Radio? 
All right, first let me tell you, Brian, that I retired from the Air Force. I was in the Air Force for 26 years as a broadcaster for American Forces Radio and Television. So I did morning radio shows in Germany, Italy, Japan, Korea, Iraq, Afghanistan, all over the world. I've um, I've done this, and after retirement, I decided that I really wanted to um, do something that was more ministry-oriented, and I started Moondog Radio, which, by the way, it's been on the air for two, a little better than two years, and we've just uh, crossed, uh, we've just reached more than uh, 500,000. Wow. I'd like, like to hit a million by next year with your help. That'd be great. So, <laughs> So what I what I ask you, Brian, and the one, those listening to the station, to uh, tell their their friends, family, church members, is that Moondog Radio is a contemporary station playing unsigned Christian music. All right, these these are artists that don't have a contract; they've not made it, but they're really good. And I had that idea a few years ago because one of the members of Tenth Avenue North. Uh, is a friend of mine whose mom played organ in my wedding. And uh, they said for years and years they couldn't make it. They, their music was still as good as it is now, but they couldn't get picked up by the mainstream radio station. And I thought, well, you know what? I have the experience and the talent to put together a radio station that could play songs by groups like 10th Avenue North that haven't made it yet. And like I said, there's more than, uh, more than 300 of those artists that I support now on the radio station. But not only that, it's like your, it's like your uh, normal radio station. I have news, on, news every hour. I have comedy pieces from some of the uh, most current comedians that are out there. Daily devotions with uh, Holland Davis. Um, and uh, scattered throughout apologetic insights and clips from William Lane Craig, Alvin Plantinga, John Lennox, Gary Habermas, Michael Kona, Mary Jo Sharp, Paul Copan, and a bunch of others that I, I just weave in there so that you can hear some of their thoughts without necessarily having to listen to the entire lectures. Wow. Um, so that, that, uh, that's really what I'm doing. It's, uh, I'm using the vehicles of entertainment, information, and education, right? So it's primarily entertaining people, but in the midst of being entertained, they're also being informed and educated. Well, that is incredible. That is incredible. Thank you. So, how how may uh, how might people go about listening to uh, Moon Dog Radio? What I'd like you and and all of your uh, listeners to do right now, Brian, is take your phone, whether it's um, whether it's Apple or Android, and go in your store in your app store and type in the word Moon Dog. If you just type in the word Moon Dog. My app will show up. It's a, it's a, it's a dog in a spacesuit. <laughs> so, uh, hey, download the, the app. is totally free to all of our listeners. Go, go to your store. Do that now. If you don't have the time to do it right now, or you don't have a phone that will allow you to do it, go to my website because I have a player there, and I have some samples of music and things that we're doing. Uh, and uh, a couple of my sponsors at moondogradio.com. All right, that's M-O-O-N-D-O-G-R-A-D-I-O.com, moondogradio.com, and there's a player there where you can also listen for free. 
Wow. That's so moondogradio.com and then you can go to the app stores on Google and um and uh, uh Apple to download the app and listen to it that way. Is it available on uh, Amazon? Are there links available on the Amazon app that you know that you know about? No, it's it, it, it's just an app. Okay. And you can get it in any app store. Well, in those two app stores, I should say. Gotcha. Apple and, and Android, and that's that's pretty much what people have. So, gotcha. uh, if you have any difficulties finding it or um, finding the app, just write me, and you can find the uh, email address at moondogradio.com. Sounds great. Well, uh, do you? How may people support your ministry? Are you looking for sponsors and things of that nature? Yeah, there are a number of ways, Brian. Um, right now, we're in the midst of a fundraiser so that we can stay on the air next year, try to hire more talent. There's a lot of guys and gals out there right now who have the talent that I would like to pick up as part of the team to be broadcasters, to DJ, to make commercials, all that type of stuff, but it it requires a budget. So I'm asking you and your listeners to click on the Facebook Donate uh, page when you see my fundraiser out there, or go to my website, moondogradio.com, and you'll see um, a couple areas where you can donate or purchase or get sponsorship. And you'll see on there that I also have uh, a couple sponsors. HisOutreachWorldwide.org just uh, came on as a sponsor, and LostAndFoundMusic.org is on there as a sponsor. And uh, that's, that's how we do it. Primarily, I will say, and I'm repeating this because we are primarily listener-supported, so I appreciate every dollar that you can donate to keep us on the air. It helps the artist, and it, it helps us to just sustain the ministry. So that's MoondogRadio.com, and of course you can also download the apps at uh, Google Play as well as uh, Apple Stores. Uh, uh, Mike, do you have any any final words of encouragement for our listeners before uh, before we before we close? Brian, these are exciting days we live in. We've got so much technology. We have so much capability to be able to communicate, coordinate collaborate with each other like we are now let's let's do that if, if you're listening to this and you don't know what it is God would have you to do maybe you're looking for a place to volunteer hey send me a message if, if you're not sure about um, how you're approaching your own church communications your personal communications and you'd like someone to talk to about that i'd be happy that's not what i get you know that's primarily not uh not the main thing that i do but i'm always uh happy to talk to you about better ways to communicate uh your media messages because i've done it for um about 35 years now and um so anyway that would be that, that would be the thing i would encourage you to volunteer to get active doing those creative things that you know God wants you to do, and don't wait till tomorrow. Start now. Absolutely. Very good advice. 
Mike, we thank you so much for being on the Bellator Christie Podcast. I hope we can get you back on sometime really soon. This has been a wonderful conversation, and we do want to remind everyone, go by. If you can donate, go by and check out the fundraiser, uh, and be sure to listen in to Moondog Radio at moondogradio.com, or you can download Moondog Radio, the app, uh, on Google Play Store, as well as on uh, the Apple app store as well so mike thank you so much for being with us today and again i hope we can get you back on very soon thank you brian i you're too kind i appreciate it and i've enjoyed it very much thank you sir for mike burnett this is brian chilton you've been listening to the bellator christie podcast brought to you by bellatorchristie.com on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristie.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Michaela Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit bellatorchristie.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.